0: Hello everyone and welcome on Fitness Logic Radio. I am your host Nevin Barnett and on today's episode I have the pleasure to welcome Luis Villaseñol. I was lucky to meet Luis through Menohenzelmans as he runs the Spanish version of the online PT course. He's a coach, nutritionist, founder of Keto Gains and co-founder of many other brands you've probably heard about like Element Electrolyte Drinks. I love spending time with Luis and speaking about many different subjects not always directly related to fitness. This episode was recorded when we both were in Madrid for a team building. We go over many great subjects. I know you will really enjoy it. Don't hesitate to leave five stars on your app to help me invite other amazing guests. Have a good listen and enjoy. Luis, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the podcast. Anytime. Um, for people who don't know you yet, can you briefly like, present yourself, who you are, what you do?
1: For sure. So I'm uh, Luis Bilazenor. I'm part of Menno Hanselman's team as well. I am a nutritionist, uh registered dietitian that uh, live in Mexico, but train and coach people all over the world. I People know me more so for being a person that has been on a low-carb diet and ketogenic diet for almost 23 years now. A uh, little bit of a note is, um, even though I live and recommend a ketogenic diet, I don't think personally that it's uh, the best diet for everyone, right? I, it's just a, a way of uh, eating that can be very helpful for a lot of people but it shouldn't be something that you pursue as, <laughs> as a religion it's a diet not at that sentence right so i'm very open to different approaches i don't coach people just on this particular diet i'm open to a lot of different perspectives on food and i do believe that the best diet is a diet that you can sustain for your whole life and it's something that you also like if someone doesn't like to eat meat you shouldn't force them to eat meat and if someone doesn't like to eat fruit you shouldn't force them but more so encourage them to learn the benefits of certain types of eating right a balanced diet and do you think some people would be
0: specifically interested by ketogenic dieting
1: I, my, my particular view on a ketogenic diet is not what a lot of people understand about a ketogenic diet. More so would be like a high protein diet, adequate fat depending on what your goals are, and very centered on eating a large amount of vegetables, which in, uh, for people that think that keto is basically no carbs, that's very a, a wrong approach. If uh, normally in my daily routine, I eat a lot of vegetables, but if you actually eat a lot of vegetables, a point you're going to be ending at about 50 80 at most grams of total carbohydrates which translate to 40 30 net mm. so it really doesn't impact blood glucose and insulin and everything well some of those things that people think that are negatives to a point for some people that may be insulin resistant maybe but again uh, the issue is that if you look at my daily way of eating i eat very much closely to a lot of you guys yes just uh, without adding maybe rice, rice or, or bread or, tortillas. or some or tortillas in some <laughs> cases which yeah. i do eat sporadically but not yeah. a, i prefer to eat more eggs or more meat yeah. and so on so it's not something that people might find unsustainable the only thing is that i think that the similarities for a, or, and the success for a healthy diet we're talking about fat loss or even muscle gain is focusing on protein and then choosing an energy source, which can be fats or protein, and that depends really much on your taste preferences and maybe your even your customs.
0: Yeah. Um, can some people benefit from a ketogenic diet? I think you talked to me about. So your wife is a plastic surgeon. Uh, she's been trying a ketogenic approach with some of her clients for uh, s- skin regeneration or like post like. Uh, surgery and stuff like that, do you think that could be maybe interesting for people because you were talking to me about like the way it would potentially reduce inflammation uh, or other people that you can think about that could benefit from a ketogenic approach?
1: So it's not really a keto diet per se that helps in this Mm -hmm. case but likely reducing the amount of crap that normally people eat. So a ketogenic diet is a way to make sure that you're basically it's a reductionist diet, so you're taking away a lot of food that people that may even not know or think they're healthy because that's what marketing says, but can be inflammatory in nature. So like,
0: kind of a, an, an easy way of cleaning up a diet in a sense, because it's true that like when you cut processed carbs and everything, you often find yourself forced to eat more healthy, healthy food. options. Of course, some people do it the wrong way and <laughs> eat like just like processed meats and stuff like that. We know that's that's not the approach for any diet in a sense. But for you, it, it is kind of a, an easy way to introduce someone to be like, OK, if you cut like the carbs, you're going to be forced to like find better option, often increase your protein intake, which is often a problem with general population, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the ones who want who have problems with society levels or... Uh, you know overeating or even you know like uh, losing weights in in general
1: in general yeah like uh, let's take it in two parts first uh with my wife and and her job she has found uh, because of uh, some of the literature that i've shared with her and then she's done deeper digging than that a ketogenic diet or a low-carb diet or an unprocessed diet by nature are anti-inflammatory so if we're talking about surgery surgery per se will cause uh, irritation and inflammation because of the process of surgery so by reduction, yeah, reducing the, the inflammation and making it focalized you're helping the body choose exactly what it needs to focus on it, it, it's like I tend to explain this like imagine that you are the mayor of a city and you only have two uh, firemen or fire stations but you have like 20 different buildings that are on fire you cannot like help all of them at the same time Whether if you have two fire stations but only have one fire, you can direct both fire stations to to turn that fire off better and it will recover faster and everything will be better. So what she does and based on some experiments with her clients, not experiments like crazy experiments, but she suggests dropping sugar, dropping uh, or stopping eating bread for a while before the surgery and after. And she has before and after photos of before she started this protocol and after and also now the hair results they have a um, better uh, recovery better scar tissue rec- uh, etc in, in most cases That's super right? interesting but, but also like, even
0: like even if it's only at this point anecdotal it's yes. still like interesting to see that in practice potentially it would make a difference in the recovery of exactly yeah. and
1: the, the other factor is that indeed um, I've been uh, reading some literature and actual uh, anecdotes and also well what people actually report, it, I think that in your case would be fairly similar, that people, especially females, tend to eat a very low amount of protein. Like uh, the recommended amount or, yes, something like that for, because, uh, from the World Health Organization is about, I think, uh, 80 grams or 70 grams for females. And that's not even enough. Uh, if we actually look at the bodily needs, especially if you are going to be training, to recover or if you are needing menopause and etc right and in time what happens as you know is sarcopenia the body starts to in a way eat itself because it needs amino acids and people just naturally think that protein is for muscles and the reality is that protein is basically needed for every That's almost it. every single uh function of our body right and there's a new theory well not theory it's like a yep. Yeah, let's call it a theory that i've read that one of the causes why women start to have a body decomposition when they hit menopause is because they start to eat less protein their body actually wants more because of the this process that is occurring and readjusting of hormones so it drives a lot of hunger because the body really cannot tell you what it's hungry for it can I, if i recall correctly there are just um, mechanisms for hunger for well for thirst then for uh, sodium deficiency like it makes you more thirsty but it's not just water and uh, protein, the you know the protein leverage hypothesis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So a lot of females tend to get more hungry when they're hitting menopause because of this, because they need more protein, and they really don't know it's protein, so they just eat whatever, right? So by eating more protein, they get more satiety. They're giving your body what they need. Also, they regain some of the muscle they may have lost, and this is in line with some of the research, recent research, and Meno has even made a post about this that as we age we start to get fatter in a way, not because we are aging, but rather because we become more inactive and we lose muscle mass. And so metabolism slows down, not because of the age, but because of the disuse and the loss of muscle mass. Yeah,
0: because it's really interesting when, when you look at the research, the metabolism speed doesn't slow that much with age. It's more being less and less active in your daily life, doing less and less. And then you're like, oh yeah, like it's my metabolism, and it's like, no, you stop moving, like you, you stop take moving. your car, you don't move anywhere, you don't do any physical activity, and you haven't
1: changed your your diet. You're just eating as much, or probably you change your diet, but to a lower protein diet and yeah. more comfort food diet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's
0: also like, in regards to ketogenic dieting, this uh, I, I could say misconception, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about the fact that it's only a dieting diet, you see what I mean? Yeah, like, to, in the sense that like it's just targeted to fat loss, yeah. And that it's not a diet that you should like do if you want to like put on muscle mass, etc. It, it, could you like get on on this subject a
1: bit? Of course, uh, the, the thing with uh, this let's call it a myth. It's because, and there's actually a recent study was published just last week by Salvador Vargas Morina, which is a Spanish researcher on the topic. You can actually build as much muscle as you can on a ketogenic diet, uh, but there are two factors that you need to consider. First, a traditional ketogenic diet, the one that you will find or read in many, uh, either in the literature or uh, by fitness influencers, usually it tells you to not go over twenty percent. Of the calories and protein so mm-hmm. it's you, you make it a low protein diet and um, that by itself is going to be counterproductive for muscle gain the second is that um people usually are not adapted or don't know how to train and at the beginning of the diet you do feel uh, much more tired uh, you don't have that much energy uh, you are dehydrated and other factors that make a compounding effect on thinking people that the diet by itself is catabolic mm. And if you come from a bodybuilding background or from a background of nutrition that knows the importance of carbs, it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that they tell you you're going to be weaker in a ketogenic diet. Hmm. You start the diet, you feel weaker, of course. Uh, You were benching 300 pounds, and now you're going to be benching 150. Yes, to a point, but this is likely going to be momentary, and you can overtake this if you do two things. If you don't follow the low-protein approach, and second, if you give your body enough time to adapt while at the same time eating enough protein, getting probably adequate calories, and hydrating properly, which is uh, wh- what we have talked about, uh, getting adequate sodium and potassium, but mostly sodium. Yeah,
0: that's something like uh, you should talk about a bit because I think people don't realize and don't really understand why uh, the liver gets rid of more sodium like uh, during... Uh, ketosis Mm -hmm. and that you have to pay attention to that and maybe uh, hydrate but hydrate properly I mean like with electrolytes and sodium a bit more than like if you would have like a normal diet with carbs
1: yeah like uh, what happens like one of the reasons why keto is so popular for fat loss and also going back to why people think you lose muscle weight keto is because the body stores glycogen in our muscles and our liver. And glycogen is basically stored carbohydrates. It's the way our body stores them. So when you start a ketogenic diet, at first uh, your body says, hey, give me, give me those carbs, I need more energy because it's used to using glucose as energy. Mm. Let's say that after a few days which you're not giving the body th- th- those carbs, what happens is the body starts to use your own uh, carb stores, those, uh, the glycogen as it gets depleted to a point and of course also the livers first and then the muscles when you're doing exercise glycogen is bound to your muscles with water one gram of glycogen requires about three grams of water to be stored in the the muscle and so uh, the average adult male can hold an about um, 600 to um, top let's say 800 grams of total glycogen in its body and i'm saying probably someone's very muscular i think that most males would be at 700 650 and females in between 500 to 60, 600 so if we multiply let's say uh 800 times four we're talking almost about two kilos and also weight. with food volume and yeah. so that's why some people will lose in between two to maybe four kilos in the first two weeks when they start keto, and this is why some people see these big changes in weight, and also why if they do a cheat day, they may see a big rebound and think, oh, don't do this diet because the moment you stop it, you will gain all the weight mm-hmm. back. You're really not either losing fat nor gaining fat. It's just water manipulation in most cases. Now, um, what, what has to do all of this with sodium? That water that you're holding on your muscles with glycogen also holds sodium. So the moment that you are water depleted it flushes all the water away from your body and takes away a little bit of or much of your sodium and people think that hydration is just water okay it's water but with minerals and the most important minerals for bodily functions of course there are many but the most important two are sodium and potassium and the importance of them is a lot of people talk about electrolytes and you hear about electrolyte supplements and electrolyte drinks and gatorade here power there and etc but nobody really knows. If you ask like 10 people in the street, probably none will tell you what electrolytes actually do. Maybe they tell you hydration this, hydration that, but again, nobody really knows the importance of electrolytes. And electrolytes per se have many functions, but the most important is energy production. So also why, why, the reason why people are sometimes down when they start a low-carb diet or they're fasting or even doing a veg- uh, vegan or vegetarian diet that's mostly focused on whole foods in most cases it's electrolyte imbalances and so there's i uh, I'm not really going to go into depth but if you google sodium potassium pump you're gonna see that it's basically the main driver of energy at cellular level it's basically what makes the gradient of, um, of the cells change ions and so all the nutrients go in and out of the, of the cell walls and it's ATP production exactly so basically if you don't have a correct electrolyte balance your ATP production is going to be not halted, but diminished. Yes. And this is also why athletes that probably lose like even, I think 5% of their bodily water lose in some cases, even 40% of their efficiency when they're training. Just a little bit of a, uh, production of water makes a big deal on how, um, you're going to perform. And this is for athletes. Now imagine what happens on the daily life of most people. You feel tired and lethargic and you think you need sugar. It's not sugar. In most cases, you probably need a little bit of salt
0: okay okay so um, in that regards like uh you have been working with a, a brand called element right that provides actually like a, a, a salt solution with sodium potassium magnesium, magnesium. right uh, and it, for someone who's on a ketogenic diet uh, what would you be what would be your recommendation to be kind of safe in that regard like?
1: So usually, for most people, they you tend to say don't worry about sodium intake and electrolytes, etc. When they're doing a let's say a more organic or whole food diet. Well, even the contrary, I would say
0: uh, in France, at least a lot of people are like, be careful of your sodium consumption. Exactly, and it's a bit problematic in the regards that like we're speaking about a population that usually eats pretty well, uh, doesn't eat so many transformed foods, uh, and and do a lot of like uh, physical activity, sports, bodybuilding, etc. And their missing salt is f- problematic for that population. Yeah, it,
1: and even if you're on a high carbohydrate diet, depends on where those carbs come from. And, and the thing is, just like um, you've probably seen the tendency that pro- even five, six years ago, they told you that eggs per se were bad. Yeah. Right. And now we have uh, meat per se is bad. Yeah. It's taken out of context eggs by themselves got a bad reputation because cholesterol and cholesterol is bad and now we know if we actually look at the science and evidence that it's not just cholesterol but depending on certain types and certain situations it may be prudent to lower your cholesterol intake but for the average person that's eating a healthy diet that's doing exercise one of the worst things that you can do is remove for example eggs So like if you don't have an egg allergy eggs should be a staple because all the the, the compounds the joke, uh, uh, for example, inherently has. And especially cholesterol, for us alike to bodybuild, it's super important because it's an anabolic hormone, right? Yeah, yeah. To a point, of course, uh, we give in context. The same happened to sodium. Sodium has been unjustly demonized in the last 20, 30 years. And the reason is because of the overabundance and overconsumption of processed food. Everything, yes. everything mostly that we eat or drink has sodium. Like I was drinking a Diet Coke, it has sodium. You drink a sports drink, it has sodium. Uh, you drink cereal, or you eat cereal, it has sodium. Yes. Because sodium is needed for uh, to preserve food and, and also f- to make it tasty. And for flavoring, yeah. And for flavoring.
0: And the thing is, the problem is, like, often with processed food, you don't feel the sodium. No. Because it's, it's been added so early in the process that, like, when it gets in contact with your mouth, you don't feel like it's very salty. Exactly. And a prepared meal is sometimes, yeah, between three and five uh, Grams of sodium inside in some one cases. meal. Yeah. Exactly, Absolutely.
1: and so by the end of the day, you're really over consuming sodium. But if you switch to a whole food diet, it doesn't matter if it's high-carb in most cases, or low-carb or even keto, you're lowering your overall sodium consumption. And this is something that we found that a lot of people are, again, are dragging their ass, not because they are missing either nutrients in most cases yeah. or they're missing calories. It's just because they don't have this sodium-potassium balance, right? And one, that's one of the reasons that we decided to co-develop develop this uh, electrolyte drink, which is basically based on the uh, the ratios are based on the amount you lose naturally by sweat, just a way to circumvent the loss of sodium that normally you get by perspiration, just by probably sitting and again getting that, those minimal amounts in your body. And um, another important thing here uh, regarding the the recommendation and of, it, great, it gives great pumps I it does usually give you take element pumps.
0: like just before my training uh, training uh, like uh, good I feel like uh, hydrated I have great pumps yeah totally. all good
1: <laughs> well it's not uh, it was an old bodybuilding trick yeah before you know you we had yeah, like 20 different supplements uh, yeah, to use sure. the, the classic thing bodybuildings body, bodybuilders of uh, the old the golden era what they use a lot of them were having a salt yeah. shot before training yeah yeah. And that's enough, like, if you feel like you are a little bit lumpy or not getting enough uh, vascularity, have a little bit of a salt or probably what I would, when I say a little, probably a teaspoon of salt with a little bit of sparkling water before training and see how, th- the pumps you get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, there was another subject I wanted to talk to you about is um, more on the side of nootropics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's something that has like a, Uh, tilted your interest in the last years because uh, we were speaking about that like uh, together Um, how do you think that the nootropic market could impact like general population what what would be uh, some interesting effects of it like uh, how how would you see the positive things because we have you know we have this myth of uh, you know following like uh, films like limitless where we have like that wonder drug that makes you superhuman and everything and a lot of people like to think about nootropics as kind of, you know, the, these these super drugs that maybe you so much more productive and everything and and we know that again something about context like you yeah. don't, you don't you don't go from like a absolutely non-productive person to like a super hero of productivity in one day just because like uh, you pop like a nootropic but i would like to have your 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 vision uh, of that and how it could be like implemented in a healthy way for for people and how it could help. Yeah, maybe
1: that's uh, funny because I recently had a talk in South America for entrepreneurs regarding a lot of these, uh, I, I would call our pillars or tires. And the thing about productivity from a health perspective is nootropics and any substance or pill should be like, let's say, step number three or four. Yeah, after several habits, it's like, if not, you take a like, you take a pill and everything's going to work. Probably there are some pills that will improve whatever you have right now. But and I
0: think that's very important to, to point out because I know you, uh, I communication with a lot of entrepreneurs. I do too. And I have kind of two different, I mean, not like groups, but I see people who sometimes use Nootropic and you can see that it's in a healthy way. But I'm sure you also know some people that abuse everything like available and, you know, like taking... Uh, Modafinil caffeine like straight in the morning every single day because they're not getting enough sleep They have high stress and everything and that's something a bit dangerous in a sense Because on the long term is not something that is going to be a no, positive outcome are, of
1: course some of these substances that can be highly addictive or In like in the short term, they give you great results, but over the long term You don't know what's going to happen like you you have a right uh, like incredible laser focus right now But then you cannot work or function without them yes so you become dependent right and so what i found with my clients in this case especially those that want to focus on productivity is what i do first before recommending any substance is reviewing their lifestyle Mm. and then their their diet or what i call three pillars so working
0: on the base of the pyramid the most important first
1: for me are three pillars nutrition the second would be movement which can be exercise doesn't have to be like it has it has to be something that the client enjoys but at yeah. least well, I call it movement rather than any physical exercise.
0: activity that the person likes and it's correlated him...
1: correlated with better cogniz- cognitive cognitive yeah. function absolutely and then of course stress stress and sleep management yeah. no matter how busy you are you have to prioritize sleep and it's called restful sleep there are a lot of like you know now it's uh, a lot of biohacking in fashion and you have all of these devices like this ring that i have here which i'm not re- wearing but that tells you if you are actually rested, if uh, your heartbeat, uh, your heart rate variability and many other things that are good ways of knowing if you are improving or moving in the right direction. But again, using all of these devices or taking a pill will do nothing or it can become even a crutch if you don't do or try to improve lifestyle changes.
0: I think stress management and sleep is one of the most underrated thing. Like we're always being like, oh, sleep less, be more productive and everything. And people don't understand that like, if you don't take care of that aspect it will bite you back at one totally
1: it's like how i explain it to my my clients and they they go oh you are right is if you keep your computer on and never defrag it at first it works perfect and you're not have to turn it on every time but after months or even years it starts to get super slow and super cluttered eventually you're going to have to clean it close it turn it on again do a defrag clean all the Crash that you have and then it works again like new. If you do, do this uh, periodically, it works better versus just waiting for it to crash. And That's exactly what happens with sleep. If we don't sleep or we don't get quality sleep, we are going to crash eventually. And this crash is not only for cognition or for being able to focus, which it helps a lot, but also for your body composition. I have clients that are bloated all the time, are gaining a few pounds. Uh, have no energy for the gym, or are not gaining strength or muscle. And the moment that we fix stress and sleep, we didn't change the diet. That's our, They start to get results as easy as giving sleep uh, its a priority. Right.
0: And to give an example, like uh, you're someone who has like uh, many businesses, like uh, who works a lot, who's a, a real entrepreneur. Uh, how do you care about your sleep? How many hours do you try to sleep a night? Are you Regular on the time that you try to go to bed wake up, etc.
1: Yeah, like this is something that I made myself implement even more during COVID in the sense that I Wake by myself always at 7 30 Like uh, and then the alarm sounds but I usually wake by myself and I try to go to bed at 9 30 11 at most but I prepare myself like if you send me a mail after usually after 9 I won't respond because my computer is locked my cell phone won't give, make any noise etc so i have these like alarms which you can now set on your phone or electronic devices to not get calls or whatever from certain people unless it's an emergency so i so try to disconnect in that regard
0: so do you have a little routine at night when you shut down like uh, your electronics and everything do you do something else like you just take care of yourself or?
1: I I do, for example, wear blue light blocking glasses. I have like those nightshades that I don't allow uh, any sunlight. There's no TV in my room. I don't allow it just because to get distracted. I try to not watch TV or anything past 10 at most, unless it's an emergency or we we are at an event. So I just try to start to wind down. And I myself, this is something that I recommend for certain people. My last meal of the day is usually at five on a normal weekday basis. Why? Because there are also some studies that suggest that for productivity, digestion, better sleep for some people, eating, uh, getting all your calories before works best. Like we've seen in other subset of, uh, studies and for other people, if you have trouble sleeping, maybe having a little bit of carbs before sleeping or having a bigger meal, Can also work so you have to find which approach works better for you but in my case i found out that probably having a like three four hours before going to bed works better and i've been implementing that for a while and it works very well for me and having most of my calories in the morning and then after training
0: you want to lose weight or gain muscle but you lack time and you don't know exactly what to do to get quick and lasting results book a call with me on my website fitnesslogic.com to finally reach your goals let's get back to the podcast you're not scared of being catabolic during the night
1: so far it hasn't been an (laughs) issue yet
0: the guy is as big as a house, so it's okay. <laughs>
1: well, okay. But I get all my calories and more yeah, in, for sure. in two or three Maybe it's important,
0: you know, because some people would get triggered by that. Being yeah, like, I know. I, like, I used oh, to. Oh, but I, I heard th- like, like eating uh, at least a high protein meal at night before bed is important for uh, muscle protein synthesis, like uh, during the night and everything. And it's true to a certain extent. But if that meal is going to disrupt your sleep quality or like not being able to fall asleep and everything, then something has to has to be adapted yeah, totally. to be like, it, it, I think it's always the problem between like, uh, in studies, we're always speaking about an average, right? And the average doesn't mean that you don't have like outliers who are above or under the, the curve exactly. of, of average. And it, it is hard to accept that sometimes we're not like in the average and we have to do things differently. But I push more and more people, so it, it, it so it sounds a bit hippie sometimes to say that, but sometimes, sometimes, you know what's best for you because you know how better you feel by implementing different or strategies. Or experimenting,
1: like um, just for perspective, I come from a traditional bodybuilding background where I used to eat every three hours and get neurotic if I didn't have a shake and so on and so forth, right? And then I changed to fasting, which is sort of what I do right now. and. For example, for productivity, it's much better to for me to only have two meals a day plus a shake because I wake up, I have a coffee, maybe I have a shake, maybe not. I have a meal, if I if it's not a big meal, I can concentrate and do lots of work, whereas if I have a very big meal, I often feel heavy and wanna sleep, right? So if I wanna work, a lighter meal, but within my macros and calories, I'm very productive, I can go train with good energy, etc. Then I come back, I eat a lot, I still have like that mental energy to work. And then I finish all the tasks that I have later on during the day, like assuming. This is also what I'm uh, explaining about productivity and fasting per se is like a hack that some people may use, which is very much in fashion right now. If you see a lot of people in Silicon Valley or a lot of people that are into crypto businesses and so on that need a lot of mental energy, fasting per se has the, the benefit along with a ketogenic diet, are very similar, that because you're not in a high glycolytic state, your body, your brain mostly is not relying on glucose, which for some people, I'm not saying for everyone, can make you feel drowsy and tired. The, those ketones or that absence of the glucose makes you be very zoned, which has an evolutionary explanation, which I'm not going to go into the details, but it makes you a lot laser-focused. And that along with maybe caffeine or nicotine or other stuff that we can talk about can help you stay concentrated and maybe if you are some, one of those people that tend to do one thing and then get distracted and never finishes or are like procrastinating, in my case, which I tended to be like that, I got distracted and never did anything, helps me to focus, do hundreds of mails or give all my client responses, do videos or things like that and or even train very rapidly and focused and then go on to the next task uh-huh.
0: and uh, so we kind of uh, went the beard, on other routes yeah. and everything you were speaking about the pillars that you implement with your clients you know like uh, the nutrition the movement exercising and uh, stress management and sleep uh, so can you come back to that and like yeah. uh, tell me like then uh, like on the conversation about nootropics how how you would see stuff?
1: Of course. So first, uh, let's say uh, let's talk briefly about the three pillars and then the fourth pillar, which would be supplements. So nutrition, you implement a diet and revise what's what the client is currently doing. Usually, what you see is lots of uh, misguided ideas about nutrition, low, like we were saying, maybe low protein or the ad- inadequate. Uh, Inadequate type of protein in some case, they think that this is protein. No, well, this maybe has protein, but it's not a good quality source of protein. They may be missing some key nutrients. Like, for example, we were talking about eggs. Um, people, for whatever reason, may avoid eggs. And, okay, maybe you need to take uh, egg yolks because of choline. Choline is dairy, uh, derivative of bi- uh, vitamin B. That it's super important, for example, for brain function. So a lot of people that have, for example, brain fog, if you look at uh, or have them do a blood test, they may, may be deficient on choline, for example. So I revise their diet so that it's optimal or certain things that would be choline, uh, probably eating a cold water fish because of the omega-3 ratio or similar things that can have that. Um, vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, a lot of these vitamins, you mostly all of them you can get from food in any diet if you, if you balance it right and these are the key Nutrients in my experience that help with cognition and etc. Right then,
0: how's the vitamin D like uh, levels in Mexico? Is it pretty good because there's a lot of sun? Or people think that people Mexico like is like a, super sunny and yeah. that
1: we all get. And what we find is, even if you live in Cancun, if you're someone that actually lives in the city, maybe even work in tourism, if you are, you can live in, in at the beach. But if you are always working on a desk, you're gonna be deficient on vitamin D. Uh-huh. And this is—it's a myth that everybody has enough vitamin D. Actually, what I've seen with a lot of clients, even living in Ecuador or places like that, where they supposedly were to get a lot of sun, is because they work—you uh, know—in a building all day. Nobody really goes in the suns yeah. for hours, yeah. right? And they are deficient. Like you were always—you uh, were asking about my tan and so on. It's yes. because in the morning, I usually take my dogs for a walk for 15 minutes and stay stay with the, with them while they play. That's where I get my sun. And I do that for at least two times per day. But outside of that, I'm someone that wouldn't get, like, sun anywhere. And so I, I still c- supplement with vitamin D.
0: Okay, so you do that, like, uh, as part of your routine, right? You exactly. So what do you do, actually? You wake up around 7.30? You yeah, said?
1: like training. know like my, you, my routine. Laser, yeah. I wake up uh, normally at 7, 7.30. I spend a little bit of time with my wife. I make breakfast for her. Like, I'm a the wife
0: the perfect husband
1: I'm the perfect wife because <laughs> I, I work at home I like a stay at home daddy If you want to see it this way
0: let's let's uh, break the social like
1: uh... norm
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: so I uh, prepare breakfast for her while I make some coffee usually I have a few clients at that time because I have clients from all over the world so especially the international ones I usually have them very early in the morning so calls
0: huh? calls with them
1: yeah, calls yep. or videos, depending on what type of client they are. Okay. And then uh, um, usually while my wife gets ready, she goes to work at eight or maybe nine. And we, I, I walk the dogs in the morning for a while, then I come back, finish uh, jobs or calls or whatever calls I have with clients or other stuff. In between that time, I may have like a first meal, which is usually three or four eggs with some vegetables and some extra meat, chicken, fish, etc. I prepare to go to the gym, I usually go at 12 because it's when you have less, the, the least best. amount of people.
0: Same as me. Exactly. <laughs>
1: and I train for about an hour, an hour and a half, depending, come back, have a big meal and continue with work up until six, seven, depending. I may have more calls or more things to do over the, the day, but that's basically rinse and repeat. And then I so try. So usually
0: to... three times per day?
1: I have probably a shake, depending in the morning or before training and let's say two big meals on average. Okay. But that's like in norm- like on weekdays. If I have an event with my wife or a dinner party or with friends or on the, over the, week, uh, the weekend, I break it up a little bit because I, we usually go for dinner someplace else or meet friends. So even though I normally eat two times every in the morning, I'm flexible. I'm not one of those people that, oh, I'm on a diet, I won't go out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really not that close-minded. Interesting, interesting.
0: Uh, it's funny because here, like, as we're like uh, working together and everything, I feel like you have more than three meals. Like, uh, no, I've been drive. eating
1: all day because yeah, you guys exactly. are eating all the time. So I, I had to keep up with That's you. True.
0: Like, I see you snacking like uh, right and left. Okay, okay. So let's come back again to like uh, the main uh, topic because yeah. like uh, there's so many interesting uh, subjects. <laughs> I know. Um, so the nootropics.
1: Okay, so uh, we're talking about the pillars. So then, yeah. okay, it's uh, first health. We already covered that. Well, yeah. uh, diet. Then movement can be something that the client enjoys, but usually can be walking. I try to favor and try to uh, make the importance of strength training because use it or lose it, and like uh in a benefit to cost ratio, it's what most people benefit from and they are doing the least. And also they have the less knowledge of and, um, and there building. are a lot of needs around it. But like uh, we were seeing with Meno today, even with body weight training, and this is a lot of things that I've been trying to develop for my clients is even at your home with a towel, sorry, with a towel or with your own body, with a book, you can do a very effective session of training. And so this is very helpful, especially for people that travel a lot or that don't have access to a gym. Uh So I try to teach them and how to, I call it, get out of your ass and start to be a little bit more, move a little bit more. Of course, if you can or have the luxury of joining a gym, it's even better because it makes it much easier. But you still can and should train even if you're traveling or do at least one movement like you can do push ups whenever whatever. Right and that's the second pillar the third pillar is basically sleep and stress management yeah. and sleep is just about you know instead of watching netflix and game of thrones for the 10th time go to bed a little bit earlier uh, put the try phone to down. put the phone down on or, or worst case scenario okay read a book in your bed or note down that the task that you're going to do the next day uh, do something productive so that you get a little bit of uh sleep coming on because if you get wired watching a movie you're not going to sleep. It's
0: good that you say that because something has really changed in the last uh, three years for me is uh, uh writing down my tasks in yeah. the evening. Because you know you go to bed and you're like, Oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. Like write it down just like it takes it out of your mind. There's
1: actually a study on that.
0: Well I read a book like called uh, getting things done. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read it. Uh and it's it's great. It's it's a way to like uh, enhance your productivity with simple thing and, and understanding the the brain is, is more creative place and that like uh, you can't hold on to all these like to dos and you need to like put them somewhere so you can relax actually. You exactly. know, being like it is somewhere. Well, you know, th- like th-
1: that's a reason. There are a lot of people that for whatever reason have like a lot of intrusive thoughts of, oh what I'm going to do with this or that. You know. Yeah. And it can be very stressful and they they actually dread going to bed because that's when they start thinking about all of these things yeah. and i read somewhere in a study and i started recommending this to my client and it actually works when you go to bed grab a piece of paper and and have a like a pencil and write everything that you have to do tomorrow or what's worrying you down you write it down and what makes this or how it's explained is that you're compa- uh, putting everything in a box and like it's like if it was a drawer, you take it out of your brain and you put it here and now you're ready to go to bed Absolutely. because it's here ordered and you, then you, you decide know what you're going it. to do. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Instead of thinking, okay, you prioritize or whatever, and then you go to bed and then you're happy instead of taking a pill. Because then what happens with a lot of people is they start taking pills to go to bed and then they get addicted and there are a lot of issues with taking pills. They start work, stop working or create other subset of issues, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same also with stress management. I myself happened to go through a phase where I was super stressed, and still sometimes I get it. Like uh, we're, we're saying, we're not perfect. And I realize it on myself when I'm super stressed. I'm so I think that it's important to say it, you know? Yeah. Because so a lot
0: of people see us, or uh, I mean, maybe you know, see you uh, as like uh, someone who's like uh, has everything in check, uh, who's super successful in everything he does, and like, oh, this guy knows everything and like uh, he's he's not challenged himself no. in life and it's like it's so not true. No, like and I yeah. think it's good that we put it out there to say like we struggle with the of same course. problems. We struggle with stress. We struggle with these like productivity issues. I'm sure like some days you're not able to put your phone down or like you stay on the computer too long and everything and you're just like okay tomorrow I'm gonna re implement like my routine but you do slip sometimes, like it happens to everyone. Of course. It's not because you want to implement that, that like from day one, you're gonna live like 20 years without even slipping one and being like, I'm perfect. My routine is like not changing one bit and never I'm seeing a screen after 7 p.m. You know, it's it's not reality.
1: No, and sometimes you have to do it or you want to do it, right? It's like sometimes I will eat a donut if it's a, a great donut and it's not keto and nothing happens, right? Yeah. And the same happens with we all have or go through bad situations eventually money-wise family-wise etc that you have to attend or you have to like they are in your head doing things etc right of course it's just about or how i see it is there's always a solution and a why and and it's or i tend to say either act upon it instead of worrying about it you of course you can worry about it and there are things that will will happen but my view is if I cannot do anything about it right now, I'm not wor- going to worry about it right now. I'm going to worry about it later, but not today.
0: I think it comes back to the stoic mindset or exactly. Buddhism is about like a... Uh, you need to accept what you can't control. Exactly. Or totally. you're going to suffer from it.
1: Because t- totally. Yeah. I like I, like going back to the productivity and a lot of things uh, that I've learned. again you were saying, people think of us like perfect. It's not that I'm perfect, which I'm not, but rather I've learned to, I've learned from my mistakes or from hardships. And so I know that some things, for example, t- time management, what I've done over the years to be more successful with my time is say no to many things. Yeah. Because people which come at hard. me with a lot of things to do. And I used to say, yes, I'm going to this event. Yes, I'm going to give this lecture. Yes, I'm going to this and that and that. And now I say, no, no, no. No, no, yes, depending on if it's something that either interests me or I have time or I can. Otherwise, I'm only going to be stressed about it. I didn't even want to do it in the first place. but I compromised and now I have to do it. Right? Do you think
0: you, you said yes to everything at the beginning because uh, in a sense, I see you're a really nice person. You really try to give as much as you can to people. and. The fact that you say no, you feel like you're disappointing
1: people, in a but sense. That happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons, and it's a joke that I tell, so if you have heard it, please dismiss. But <laughs> uh, there's a joke that I tell, it's like, why um, is your, mo- like, the, it's a Latin America joke where we use always the same character. Mm-hmm. The character is called Pepito. Okay. So they come and, Pepito, why is your mother so fat? Oh, because of shame. Why? Because of shame yeah because every time we have a party which we have every week there's a lot of food that's going to be left over and she says what a shame to let uh, the rice go bad what a shame to let the rolls go bad what a shame to let the turkey go bad and she eats everything right so we eat in most cases or we're not successful with diet because uh, in a way yeah. of shame or we are worried about saying no people let's say that you are on a diet and you go to a party like uh, you're at work, and they offer you cake. This is like the most
0: social pressure, social
1: thing that I've seen with I think with a client with a client everywhere in all the world. You have you yeah, work in I a think business.
0: It's, it's not like just like a, in Latin America. No, or this like is in everywhere France. in the it's world. It's like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they
1: come and uh, they, it was a, the, the birthday or the, the birthday like of my name someone, day or whatever. Yeah, and they brought cake, and I couldn't say no. It's like you, of course you can say no, but but but. I used to work at corporate, I worked at corporate for like 10, Me 12 too. years and, and we also had, government like, pastries and they always- Twice a week. Yeah. And it's like, no, thank you. And I they was like, you're not having cake? No. Especially first because it was a shitty cake that, <laughs> it's always shitty cake. It's like, never, never. It's like- it's I'm never, not going to say that.
0: So. We have good pastries in France. Okay.
1: Well, you're from <laughs> France, but at least in Mexico it was like a very shitty cake. <laughs> yeah, And it's like, it's not even worth it to break my diet with- Right with this, if I'm going to break it, at least bring me—I don't know—a gold layered cake. But that—that—that's the point. And people are afraid to say no and stand up for themselves, or they think that they are going to be the outlier because we're social animals, right? Yes. And it's so sometimes it's okay to say no. Yeah, it's okay to say no. Nothing happens. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, So, is there any like uh, uh, substances that like uh, you would be inclined to use to enhance your life? At this point, or are you? We're we like... talking
1: about uh, nootropics. Yes. Or yeah. So, for example, or, right or now, or, any,
0: or anything else, like
1: I'm, I'm experimenting at this stage of my life. Just for reference, I'm forty five years old, and it's uh, you're only
0: five years l- young.
1: Young. It changes a little bit your perspective on how you pursue things when you are younger, where, you know, YOLO, I don't care, just give me all the protein and Well, you know yourself
0: more, like you know your imperfections. And your limits. Exactly. And,
1: you know, I I like drinking as much as anyone, but I know that if I drink one many drinks, the next day I'm not going to wake up and I'm going to miss (laughs) my schedule and everything else, right? Then you're not
0: happy about it.
1: And exactly, and I I may have been happy for a while, but then I'm also unhappy because I didn't finish my task or I couldn't train in the gym or do other things that were going to be more productive, right? Yeah. And again, I'm not saying don't drink. Again, I like uh, wine as much as my French friends, but um, I think it has to be done with on on very special occasions and so on. So one of the few things that I've tried recently in regards to that is uh, I've, dabbled with mushrooms not the magic mushrooms but there are some subset of adaptogenic mushrooms that work very well for uh, focus one of them is lion's mane oh yeah works very well along with cacao and coffee in the morning so if you if you don't have an issue with caffeine or coffee per se there are some supplements that now come pre mixed, or you can.
0: I see a lot, a lot of people using Limes Van Wish ashwagandha, actually.
1: Yeah, you can use uh, ashwagandha. I wouldn't suggest just like that to anybody because ashwagandha is uh, an enantiolitic that yeah. can either amp you up or lower you down. Hmm. So it really depends on where in the spectrum you are. So I, I say try it. Nothing bad happens. But I'd rather just dabble for focus.
0: So, you would, you would supplement with lion's mane in the morning?
1: I actually do that right now. I use a mix of uh, lion's mane with caffeine, um, choline as well, okay. and uh, MCT oil. Okay. MCT oil, because of the, not because I'm doing a ketogenic diet, but if you supplement with MCT oil and caffeine and you are in a low insulinic state, it increases uh, ketone productions. And ketones indeed work as a nootropic for the brain. It gives you a little bit more focus and cognition. Then lion's mane also increases cognition, and choline as well. So it's like a stack that helps you in the morning stay super lazy focused. And I used to not be like a, sometimes you don't know if these things actually work. And how I saw they actually work is if you overdose on something and you feel the effect, it's like okay, it, it does work or it's yeah. doing something. Yeah. And I have had like triple dose of ashwagandha. Sorry, ashwagandha of uh, alliance main, uh, just because I wanted an extra coffee, and I started to get a headache. I never get headaches, so it's no. I I know that okay, I passed the the actual dosage.
0: It's interesting. Uh, I've stopped consuming caffeine for the last uh, year, nearly two, uh, because. Uh, I started really reacting back to caffeine mm-hmm. in terms of like uh, anxiety, uh, mm. uh, uh, stress, and everything. Uh, and I'm much better now. Um, you've never had issues with the caffeine. Do you
1: consume a lot daily? Here's a, a funny fact uh, we were talking about genetics the other day, right? Yes. So, given my DNA profile, I'm someone that metabolizes very slowly caffeine, yeah. supposedly. So in my uh, my brothers, if they drink one cup of strong coffee, they are all jittery and nervous and anxious. But what happened to me is that I started using caffeine at the very young age. Let's say 16, 17, when I was uh, started to join college. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone that's very obstinate, right? And because I wanted the effect, I was drinking five cups of uh, caffeine while studying at the library. So I forced myself to become very adapted to it. And now, if you know about genes, you can turn or turn off certain subset of uh, genes depending on your lifestyle. So I've used, like I've measured, having even a gram of caffeine per day. And yeah, probably wired or sweating a little bit more, but nothing really affects me negatively. Now, I don't consume that much coffee like if I go on on an average basis. I have two coffees in the morning like in, when I say in the morning, it's like a big uh, like a mug, but it doesn't have that much coffee. It's just a lot of water and probably one uh, spoonful of of, uh, okay. of soluble coffee, for example. Instant. Uh, yeah, okay. and then I have another one, uh, probably two hours or three hours later. And then after, for the rest of the day, I don't have anything that has caffeine. Or maybe if I am very tired and want to train, I may try one of those in fashion uh, pre-workouts work or energy drinks that may have, let's say, on average, 300 grams of caffeine. Okay. Yeah. So let's say that at most maybe I'm 400, 450 on average, and on week weekdays I may only have one coffee and not have the pre-workout. Okay. Okay.
0: Interesting. Is there any uh, other supplement that uh, you you, you for use? Cognition, or, or for I, cognition? Yeah, there are a
1: lot. Like uh, We were talking also about modafinil and any of their derivatives. Yeah. Usually when I'm like I let's say I went to a party or for whatever reason I slept at 3 a.m. because whatever and I know that I have to be very productive the next day. I will take one pill of Modafinil or similar because what Modafinil does is makes uh, sleep uh, hindrance go away. Yes,
0: so you don't feel
1: you don't feel like you need to sleep. So I only take it and very sporadically. For example, I have I bought a stack of let's say 20 pills and I've had it for four years. Because I try, I'm someone that I'm very addictive.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm, I try to be very careful with what I use or what I don't use because I'm afraid of what can happen, right? Mm-hmm. I've also tried FeniBot, for example. Oh, yeah. And it also works very well. But I've read that there, some people just get hooked on it. Yeah. And also there's... Because a
0: you really hard. And I
1: know that there's a calm down like hell. Yeah. So I'm also very worried. I haven't had any issues when I had it, but I also had it like probably six times in my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've never um, tried fenibut. Yeah, I have a bottle. If you want to try it <laughs> it works very well. Yeah. Um, what else is uh, a sulbutamine? It's also a, a super de- derivative of vitamin B, mm-hmm. but it goes directly to your brain. So also, if you feel super tired sometimes, uh, might as well try it. And like super drowsy with brain fog, I've had that recommended to some of my female clients. Especially when they are through PMS or menopause and don't have a very have a lot of trouble concentrating, mm-hmm. it may work very well. And then there's uh, some other nootropics that also work for like an, an either anxiolytic or in a way they help you focus, like a semex and a similar derivative, which are Russian compounds. Like you actually just use on your nostril, mm-hmm. and the bad thing is you have they have a short uh, shelf well uh, life so uh, you have to be using the dose like every two or three hours so you if you have let's say you were doing your thesis or very mind intensive work I would save it for that occasion not something that you use every day because again you don't know what effect those things can have on you and I've read good and bad stories about them. That you work very well, you're very productive, but the moment you stop taking them, you want to keep using them, and they're not, not either cheap, and it's something you shouldn't be using all the time.
0: And uh, what about uh, beta antagonists like um, salbutamol, albuterol, ephedrine, uh, clenbuterol?
1: Uh, clen, I wouldn't use it for thinking or for nootropics in that case. Why? Because It has a lot of negatives like heart enlargement and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. It can give a lot of people tachycardia. So Mm. for me, that would be out of the question. If you want to do it for bodybuilding purposes, or fat loss, that's another story.
0: Yeah.
1: Albuterol. That's a very safe contrary to popular belief. Yeah. I would recommend it if you want to be super focused or need energy. It's like a milder version of clan. Uh, without the side effects, yeah. as far as I know, the issue is that <laughs> you're not going to get it anywhere. I used to be it's, able to get yeah. it very easily in Mexico in a pharmacy. For whatever reason, you can only get now the uh, inhaling version, which is super diluted and it's not yeah. worth it. You you need uh, the four milligrams But well, It's good peel. if
0: you have asthma, but like. Uh, <laughs> if you have asthma, <laughs> it
1: works very well, but yeah. if you want it for cognition or any other yeah, purpose, yeah. It's very hard to actually get legit. One. The other one,
0: which is hard, is ephedrine, Like I, I wish it was like more readily available. Like uh, Canada, which yeah. is over the counter.
1: I bought a few years ago. I had a friend send me, like, pff, a thousand pills
0: from Canada. From Canada, that inside a magazine. No, custom? what he did was, oh, uh, nice.
1: I asked him to buy a magazine, cut it inside, cut it and it inside. <laughs> he sent it, and I still have them because. For me was like ah I'm gonna use uh, the famous Ica stack for it like yeah. and yeah and, and I like treasured it and I have like half the, the the bottles and I haven't never used them yeah because like I want to use them when it's necessary yeah yeah and yeah I'm afraid they're gonna
0: yeah I I I would like to try a for the um, uh the improved breathing because I have problems oh. with my nose you know. And having, like, a more, like, round rib cage while I'm lifting, it's a If it's you want to try but...
1: something like that and you're not, like, your heart is in good condition and you don't have any issues, like, a, well, probably, like, caffeine, something that you can try is, uh, you remember that Jack 3D pre-workout? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. They had MD MMA.
0: Yes.
1: There are still some... Oh, underground yeah. supplements that you can, that you can yeah, get, sure. especially here in Poland, that are called uh, like—is it okay if I say the yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. I think it's called a Dark Labs, and it's in Poland. Oh, I so they have one them. supplements called Crack that I I got. <laughs> That's imagine. the name, right? <laughs> it's called Crack, and I got yeah. a hold of it. Damn it! I tried one scoop of that thing. It has like 350 grams or 400 grams of caffeine. It has like 250 grams of MDMA or That's whatever. Crazy. It's like freaking, it's, it started making me sweat, like I cold just, sweat.
0: I had a pre-workout from the UK, which was called MV Pre uh, 2.0, something like that. And I don't, know. there was no substance declared that seemed like uh, dodgy or like uh, like, with a cognitive effect. But I would take it and literally I would have like tunnel vision in my workout. being wow. Like... As if my workout was my sole purpose in life, you know? And that was not bad, but I was like, okay, I'm going to be careful with this because (laughs) I don't know what's inside, What I don't feel myself.
1: What happens with me with, for example, this drink is, okay, I start to get all sweaty, cold sweat, but I can lift for hours. Yeah. Like that's I can't, the thing I can't and you don't the, want yeah. to stop right I don't want to stop you're like oh I've done my volume for
0: the day like, oh, let's do another set why don't do like a bit of arms also on exactly. top exactly or why not do a bit of calves or why not do a bit of abs and you just like do like three hours session everything exactly and yeah.
1: I'm like, like what the hell's happening yeah. right and then I've only got like eight it's like Luis, where are you? We have a meeting or whatever. It's like four hours in the gym. It's like, ah.
0: And we're not the kind of people that need that extra motivation. We maybe do even like uh, too much sometimes, but yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, Luis, thank you so much for for this talk. It was super interesting. For people who want to find you like potentially like uh, get some coaching uh, potentially like uh, start keto and everything like how where can they find you so uh,
1: if you go to Instagram which it would be the easiest way just uh, it either look just for, on the screen right yeah, now keto gains uh, everything that's keto gains it's basically me in a way or uh, Darth Luigi is my handle on Instagram as well yes. or you can also contact uh, me via Meno Hanselman's in his page you go to the Spanish uh, version of the course. Probably send the mail and also reach me. We
0: will we will uh, meet with the Bayesian student soon uh, on on the French course because you're gonna come like during the the keto week uh, to to answer some questions. Why Dar 3G actually?
1: <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> Mario Kart the other day, right? Oh yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, I, uh, when I created test. my first nickname on internet, maybe let's say before 2000 yeah I didn't know how to call myself I was still young and stupid so I said like I like Star Wars I like Darth Vader I like Luigi from Mario Bros so, so it's like, like uh, Darth Luigi All that's right. it we <laughs> know now Dark <laughs> secret. great thank, Mom, you. You? thank you so much <laughs> anytime man